If you want to be a business owner for a few months or so, fine. You know, that's fine if you only want to do it as a part-time thing. Maybe it's just like a little side thing you have. However, if you're truly someone that wants to transition from their full-time job to their business or really make this into a legacy building type of dynamic, a company that lasts for years and years and generations to generations, it's going to require you to have an understanding of what's to come. And if you don't know the information, be open to bringing people that do know that information. I want to personally invite you to join our free community. Yes, we all need to be a part of a community of like-minded individuals who are looking to execute and grow. And I'm not just saying professionally, but also personally. As a self-leader, how do you get yourself to that high performance level, to that next level? Well, we have the community just for you. If you want to join, text community to 443-230-5587. Again, text community to 443-230-5587. 5587 and let's get you locked in to a space that's going to take you to another level. What's up guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire and on today's episode, I want us to start preparing today for tomorrow as I talk about this article that I read about preparing for 2022. There's some skills and there's some tools you really want to think about as you talk about being that effective leader in the future. Again, we forecast as leaders, we innovate, we change, and we prepare today for tomorrow. So get your notepad, your note-taking material, and let's get into today's message. Are you a leader that is a forward thinker? Are you preparing yourself for tomorrow? I always say that as leaders, we can have a one-stop shop approach when it comes to leading, managing, innovating, being a visionary, and so on. You have to constantly be in a space of learning. Just think about it. How leadership was a decade ago is different. Now, of course, there's a lot of things that you can take into the next generation and the next 10 years and so on. But a lot of tools and systems that we use now, we didn't use before. A lot of conversations about mental health and stress and empathy. It wasn't a part of the conversation before, but now it is. So we want to really, again, be forward thinkers, plan for the future, be ahead of the game, And the more that we do that, the more that we can continuously be in a state of preparation for what is to come. So I stumbled upon an article and I really want us to talk about these leadership skills and these things that are trending for 2022. Yes, 2022. It's never too early to prepare for what is to come. And that's what's great about a lot of these companies that has been companies that have been leading in their industries. I mean, think about Apple. They're constantly innovating and changing their phones. They're preparing for tomorrow. Think about any type of product and service that has been around for some time and how they've constantly innovated. Even how they market their products has changed, even though it might be the same ketchup bottle that you're purchasing, or maybe it's just the same household products you're getting, they recognize that they've had to innovate. 
Think about a lot of the fast food restaurants or the spaces that you eat and how they had to pivot in an instance because of COVID. And now they've incorporated new ways to attract business and bring people in. Are you a forward thinker as a leader? So let's talk about these things. Let's talk about this article and how we can start really being forecasters and start really thinking about what can we prepare ourselves for tomorrow. So the future of jobs report says that 75 million jobs will be displaced by artificial intelligence, robotics, and automation, but suggests that 133 million new jobs will be created as organizations shift the balance between human workers and machines. Now you might be like, what does that have to do with me? Just like artificial intelligence and all these new things are coming around to change how we manage and lead. To even change if there is, a, if there is even a need for a human to be functioning in that role. We need to also think about change and innovation. We also have to make sure that we're standing out as leaders. So when these changes are happening, we're flowing and changing with it. So, hey, if they did have to choose between this leader or that leader, you're always going to be that choice because you understand the power of innovation and change. So what is one of the areas that they're talking about we want to start considering? Analytical thinking and innovation. It says managers and business leaders have been mastering these skills for ages. In 2022, analytical and innovation will be even more important. Even more important. I always say, are you an innovator? Are you somebody that constantly think about how we can go about connecting and building and reaching your team? Are you somebody that's constantly thinking about, okay, as we bring on this new generation of team members, the Gen Zers, how can we make sure that we're connecting with them? Because they grew up in a different time. They see the world differently. And we want to make sure that we are welcoming them, even though they might have not done things or experienced like like life like you have seen it. There have been so many articles and information out there that talk about how, unfortunately, there is a bias against younger leaders because you have leaders that have been around for some time who believe that how you show up in the workplace has to look one way. But we have to realize that there has been a change in the individuals that are coming into your organizations because of their worldview and because of the things that they have seen. Yes, you might have not grown up in a space where, you know, AI was a conversation or Internet was brand new for you. But you have a group of individuals that are growing in um, and developing in this technology age and these great changes that are happening and we need to be able to prepare our businesses and our companies and even how we lead utilizing this new mindset and these uh, new perspectives are so important. So again, although we're talking about how we can innovate processes and create easier ways to do things in the workplace, we need to also consider how this new talent that we can bring into our companies and our businesses can really help us get to the next level. I even say this to a lot of business leaders who might not be considering these things. 
if you want to be a business owner for a few months or so, fine. You know, that's fine. If you only want to do it as a part-time thing, maybe it's just like a little side thing you have. However, if you're truly someone that wants to transition from their full-time job to their business or really make this into a legacy building type of dynamic, a company that lasts for years and years and generations to generations, it's going to require you to have an understanding of what's to come. And if you don't know the information, be open to bringing people that do know that information that can teach you and give you different perspectives and let you know what's up and coming. And we have to be open to do that. So ask yourself, right? Are you thinking from a perspective of innovation? Are you being analytical? You want to constantly think about ways that you can start being that leader that considers change and embraces change because the world is constantly changing. Number two, active learning and learning strategies. By 2022, no less than 54% of all employees will require a significant reskilling and upskilling. And it's good to know how to gain new skills effectively. There are different strategies for active learning. They have things like the learning pyramid. It shows you the the difference between active and passive learning and how different learning approaches impact learning outcomes because people remember only 10% of what they read. So what can you do to create a space where there's active learning? So I love this pyramid because it starts off with lecture, right? Just think about sitting in a lecture room in school, in college, and you're just listening. And how much of that information are you retaining? Well, they only say 5%. Then reading, it says only 10%. How much information do we remember? What happens to me typically when I read is what stands out to me is maybe that one line or there are just some things within a book that just pops at you. But every single word on those pages, every single chapter, not everything stands out to me except for key things. So only 10% of that is retained. Audiovisual, 20%. Demonstration, 30%. So it's building and building 50% discussion. So you hear the lecture, you read about that topic, you see it, you hear it, you're seeing it demonstrated, then it's being discussed. So that's at 50%. Practicing practicing and doing 75% of that information is retained. 90% is by teaching others. So you see how all that builds So we have to make sure that we are in a space of constant learning and also as leaders recognize when it's time for us to incorporate these variations within how we're developing our team members. Again, that's innovation and recognize I talk about different behavior styles all the time and how we have different behavior styles and how as leaders we need to understand that. But people have different learning styles. Some people can come together and just hear a message And from hearing that message, they can instantly be able to apply that information. Some people are audiovisual. But by incorporating all these different things, now you're able to truly help people be in that space of active learning. And yes, passive learning is important, you know, lecture, reading, audiovisual. But again, we need to be able to practice, have discussions about it, teach others, and really incorporate it and asking yourself as a leader, do I have the skills and the ability to make sure that I'm incorporating all these things? Do I need to develop those skills? But are you considering 
how you're incorporating these learning strategies as individuals are going to need reskilling and upskilling. And also ensuring that you cast the dollars and have that set aside to prepare for that. Because maybe it's bringing in an expert that can do these things or that can prepare the other leaders that you have within your company to really learn these skills to be able to pass it on. So active and learning strategies and incorporating active and passive learning and recognizing that teaching others stands out more, but all the other ones are just as important. So again, that's lecture, reading, audiovisual, demonstration, discussion, practice doing, and teaching others. And as I'm going through this, if you need to pause and write this down, go back and listen to it, make sure you're doing that. There's a lot of meat in this conversation. But these are some things I really want you to think about as you're thinking about what can I start doing in 2021 to prepare for 2022. The earlier we can start to develop the skills, the better. The next thing is creativity, originality, initiative. It says no surprises here as companies that encourage creativity in their employees are 3.5 times more likely to outperform their peers and revenue group, group, excuse me, growth. So those that encourage creativity within their team members are 3.5 times more likely to outperform their peers in revenue, dollar, dollar bill. But that's also really bringing in that talent and again, utilizing the different gifts and talents that are within your organization that your team members bring. They're not just there to, and yes, you have, they have roles and responsibilities, but they're not just there just to push a button or do that specific task. Really look at them to be those innovative minds that I was talking about earlier that you can tap into. So PMI states that being creative at work will set you apart from people who are reluctant to think outside of the box. If you think you're not really a creative person, that's not a reason to get upset since creativity is something you can develop. So creativity is something you can develop, coming up with new ideas, new di- different ways to do things, different ways to process things, different ways to connect. And again, as we're going into really pivoting how we connect with our um, clients and customers through things like social media and different platforms and just connecting with people differently, you have a lot of talent inside those walls, right, or on those virtual places, spaces that can really help you connect and build with your team members a lot effectively. So think about those things. Think about how you can start to really connect with that. The next thing is complex problem solving. Effective problem solving is gaining more importance and will be a foundational skill in 2022. And not only includes dealing with constraints, but predicting potential threats and eliminating them. So what are you doing where you're consistently thinking about ways to predict threats and also eliminating them? Again, that's that forward thinking I was talking about. Have you identified and found out what's happening in your industry? What other things that those individuals are dealing with or struggling with? What are other leaders navigating? I think one of the things that a lot of leaders have had a conversation about recently is navigating COVID, connecting with their team members, um, building and really uh, connecting with those individuals effectively and finding a new way to lead in these virtual places. 
And that is a threat. If you don't think something like that is a threat, it is because there are some people who feel disconnected. They might not feel as motivated. They're stressed. People have lost family members. They're individuals having to navigate working from home while also managing their family. They have their children working at home. And there have been, I shared um, this information in a live that I did on Facebook about how even if I was to speak specifically for women, there are a lot of them that that have decided to leave their corporate jobs and just specifically focus on building a business or just focusing on the household because of the fact that they're realizing like, you know what, I pretty, I enjoy, or I want to separate myself from the, from the space of working a nine to five and really start focusing on being a full-time parent or just building a business. So now companies and organizations are losing that great female talent. And as we're talking about becoming more inclusive and the need for diversity in those decision-making tables, we want to have that talent there. And of course, individuals need to make a decision based off of what's beneficial for them. But those are things that we want to consider and look at, okay, that could potentially shift our company and organization. So what can I do to prepare for that change? What can I do to start making sure that I problem solve early? If this happens, these are some ways that we can remedy this issue. So are you thinking about problem solving from that perspective? Are you looking at the big picture? Are you seeing what's happening in your industry or with other leaders or managers that are navigating different seasons? And if you see a pattern, you can say, wow, this has affected, you know, X amount of companies or X amount of leaders. Let me really start preparing and considering how I can navigate this potential problem I can run into. Number seven. It talks about leadership and social influence. Today, leading projects throwing, uh, excuse me, today leading projects throws new challenges at managers, managing and influencing the group, not only professionally, but socially. So it talks about PMI. They support the connection between social influence and leadership. Project managers need to shape and influence the social groups they're in charge of and how to consider individual and social factors when striving for success. So do you have social influence? What is your, what does your relationship management skills look like? And being able to incorporate those two. Again, for a lot of us, we have been through these leadership schools and these trainings. Um, Some of us might have some outdated processes or how to lead that needs to be updated. And we're, we have to really start considering the people factor the social influence and how building those connections are important. And again, this is coming from somebody that was, you know, that always says that introversion is something that I I had to navigate around in leadership and recognize, okay, that when it came to leading people and connecting, I had to have social influence. I had to get out there and get to know my team and be able to really connect and build with them. So I had to navigate around it. That was a key component of how I had to lead. Like I couldn't do it how I was doing because I was seeing that that was becoming a threat. We talked about potential threat, but that was becoming a threat within the workspace because my team didn't think that I cared. My team didn't think that um, we were building an effective relationship. And to me, I'm like, well, this is just a workspace. But to them, they really wanted to make sure that I cared. They wanted to hear from me. 
They wanted me to to check on them. They wanted me to say how you're doing. They enjoyed me knowing bits and pieces of information about them and really just, again, being genuine about connecting with them. So how would you rate your level of social influence? How would you rate your connectivity with your team? So on the second half of this conversation, and we'll continue to talk about some other areas that we need to focus on, but I really want you to pause and think about what we just talked about, write it down, process it, and ask yourself, how can I start to develop these tools and these things so I can start being a leader that shows up effectively for the future? Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially, The work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, Like I said, I'm not the same person. I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago fit your strategic goal and they're like wow that makes sense okay yeah that does i mean i, I i'm glad i'm glad you got me there because that's that's good so I feel it was accurate like what, what's your feedback i think it was definitely accurate thank you so All much right. this was fantastic you're welcome you're welcome and you have period like how do you feel now i do want to be successful in my business um i need to work on me i'm like I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. So, so far we've talked about how as the world changes, we need to also consider really developing and preparing ourselves for the future as leaders. Um, analytical thinking and innovation, considering new ways of active learning and learning strategies that continues to build and um, create spaces for not only ourselves, but for our teams to constantly be in a space of learning. But through from, from that active learning perspective, we talked about the power of creativity, originality, and really pulling from the talent that you have within and incorporating those things and also critical thinking, you know, analysis and really utilizing that as a way to problem problem solve for the future. So what other things um, did this article mention? And you guys know I talk about this all the time, but emotional intelligence. And I just love when this stuff comes out because it just confirms everything that I've been saying. I've been talking about this for some time. So if you haven't listened to me as I've really given you tools to understand um, the power of emotions, redefining it and seeing how it does play into how we lead, you're already ahead of the game. But if you still need some convincing, if you still need it, (laughs) this article highlights it. So as we know, the term EI, emotional intelligence, was coined um, by uh, uh, Peter Salovey and also uh, John D. Mayer. And really, again, if you're not familiar with it or you haven't listened to my previous episodes, make sure you go check those out. But it is the ability, the ability to perceive emotions, to access and generate emotions so as to assist thought, to understand emotions and emotional knowledge. Now, you might be saying emotions have nowhere in the workplace, but emotions dictate our behaviors. It is the foundation of how we act and how we show up. So although you say it's nowhere or it doesn't belong in the workplace, it is a part of us. Emotions are the foundation 
It affects our uh, our nervous system. Our nervous system um, really computes and turns it into a feeling. The feeling turns into a thought, and then that thought pivots into an action and behavior. So it's always there. And this is a skill that is consistently growing. The study says that already in 52% to 70% of cases, employees' comfort in a project environment or in a company and organizations depends on the emotional intelligence of management. And even in the book, Emotional Intelligence, um, and this was a book that um, was coined by John Mayer and Salavoy, that model that they created it will give you a clear idea of what emotional intelligence is and how to develop it. If that was, if that's a resource or something that you want to utilize, but you really want to start utilizing different resources and tools to have an understanding of that. I provide emotional intelligence courses. I'll have more people maybe come to my courses that are connected to uh, something that has a monetary outcome. So say it's something that's going to give business leader strategies to make more money, produce more revenue. But then the participation in the area of EI is not as popular. We need to redefine and change that and recognize that is a key factor in really showing up effectively. Again, I mentioned that employees' comfort in most workplace environments depends on the emotional intelligence of management. Individuals want to feel safe. They want to feel cared for. They're really looking for their companies to care for them or they'll go elsewhere where they will get that support, that satisfaction, that satisfaction and belief and trust to know that those that they work with really truly support them, care about them. And it's really learning the art of tapping into EI that will really help you show up effectively in that area. So that's why I keep talking about it. We have to redefine emotions and realize that how we learned about it was ineffective. And now we need to start looking at it from a different perspective and realizing the benefit of it. And then we need to pivot now again. It talks about reasoning, problem solving, and ideation. And I know I mentioned it earlier, but this is actually adding the data portion. Even project managers. Project managers are the very people who know how to utilize available data for effective problem solving. So in my current master's class, we're talking about organizational research. And so from the beginning of the course, it really created a building block of um, how to build a survey, how to extract the data, how to put it into a, uh, into a study, um, how to really provide that executive summary to companies and organizations to help them use that data, to help them improve how they lead, support their team members. But there are a lot of companies, there might be a lot of small businesses and small companies, maybe again, you're a budding entrepreneur, but there is a power in collecting data. Even as someone that is a business owner myself, I've recognized that it's important for me to know, okay, even as I'm building this podcast, where are most of my traffic coming from? I'm starting to have international reach, which is a great thing. So I need to maybe incorporate that in my conversation and talk about the international impact of leadership and not really talk about it from, you know, a a national level. I need to know, okay, maybe my audience is more first tier leaders or it might be more CEOs. Well, the things that you discuss or see or have to touch or navigate 
as a CEO might be different from a first tier leader. Yes, I'm going to prepare you um, as you start to move up to the C-suite or even again, you decide to be a founder of a company. However, there are some things I need to know about my audience in order to connect with them. So what kind of data and what kind of tools do you have in place to identify not just what your external client needs, but your internal client, which are your team members? What surveys, what information, what patterns are you seeing now that can let you know that, you know what, I need to start investing more dollars in developing this area for them. I need to start investing dollars so I can help this department. I need to start investing more dollars or just time and energy because it might not even be financial to um, this part. Or even realize that maybe the dollar is that you have allocated one place. It's a waste of time because no one is really utilizing it. And you need to reallocate it here because it's going to benefit this department, this team, these employees, these leaders. And now you're pouring to their exact need. Again, we, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach to this. We have to constantly seek data, utilize that to pivot change, and again, remain in that innovative and change mindset. So how can you start to extract and pull data as a way to really start to develop and embed these changes within your company and organizations to support your team members more effectively? So those are some things you want to really start thinking about. You want to think about all those different variations and how you can start incorporating those things. And another one that's important is not only communication, but pivoting to empathetic communication. What is that? So we already know communication, right? You know, the, the, that back and forth uh, uh, conversation that you have with the individual, right? The flow of data, right? Audibly or even if it's via email, but it's that back and forth that you have with that individual. But how is it delivered? The how of the delivery is powerful, especially now. I mentioned earlier, empathy, stress management, people really feeling that or, or believing that you care about them is important. So what can you do as a leader to make sure you are considering empathy? And the best way to build it is by understanding the experiences of others on your team. Yes, you might not have lived it or walked in their shoes, but the more you get to know your team members, the more you get to hear about what's going on in their world, in that department, in those spaces, by having conversations, sitting in with them, you know, checking in with them, the more that you'll start to empathize. Because sometimes, again, if we haven't experienced things or we haven't lived that life or we haven't maybe worked in that department, we can really connect to what they're experiencing. But the more that we're taking, to our, taking time to learn about those things, the more our empathy builds. So now when we do communicate, it's coming from that uh, empathetic space versus just coming from a space of, you know, just from our perspective, which might be flawed. Our perspective isn't always the best. Sometimes we have a limited information, limited perspective. And I know that might be shocking for some to hear, but the more that we start to understand the perspective of, of others, the more that we can really start to understand and support them effectively and start to connect differently. And now that adds to the company loyalty, now that adds to all these different aspects of, um, of what's necessary for leading in the future. So do you have that perspective? 
have you considered all these different things? How can you start to incorporate these different things and how you lead and develop others and how you can really start shifting how you do business, how you do leadership, how you build and connect and how you continue to maintain that industry leader level. If you are that CEO of that company or if you're an aspiring CEO, I tell business leaders all the time, again, it's important for us to know our target audience, how to go get the money, the bag, how to bring in that revenue. But if you do not know how to lead, you won't be in business long. Me and my business partner, Tyrus, we held a, um, a live in the social media platform last week and we talked about that. We talked about what are the reasons why individuals end up out of business sooner than others. Five years is the typical like highest gap for most business businesses that start. And unfortunately, a lot of them don't make it beyond five years. And we talked about that leadership and management component and how it's so important that we start to develop those skills. Because again, if you don't know, there's going to be a point where you need a team to grow, scale your business. But do you know how to lead them? And I always like to utilize the example of talking to a brand new solopreneur and him talking about how he's navigating his nine to five and he has an opportunity to lead. And he said, you know what? I don't want to lead. So I'm going to try my best to get out of it. And I stopped him and I said, how do you plan on being a successful business owner if you are if you don't even want to lead now? We can learn so much about ourselves in our nine to fives. So if you're running from leadership now, you'll run from it when you do have a team. And yes, you can hire people and bring people in who are can be those leads or those co-leads with you. But you are still the leader, the main face of that company, of that business. It, you might, it might take time for you to bring in the right leaders. You might bring in a leader and things don't work out or they navigate elsewhere or there might be a different change or a pivot in that. And now you have to step in and do that. Do you have those skills now? So if you have an opportunity to build upon those skills at your nine to five currently, take on those opportunities, make mistakes, grow, learn, utilize their resources to build upon those skills. And now that will translate right into when you do business. So what are you running away from? And by you running away from that, that could be something that could be a roadblock from you progressing in leading and managing and building your business or building your company even further. So run towards change, especially if that change is going to help you be, or let me not say be, but excel, right? Because we're more than just leaders, of course. There's more to us than that. But we want to excel in those areas as much as possible. We want to continue to be good representations of leaders because individuals are watching us. And I always say, like you guys know, individuals don't typically quit the organization. They typically quit the leader. I had a conversation. I've had a couple conversations with individuals who have reached out to me and say, how do I navigate this job? And when you're talking to them further and further, it becomes or you start to unravel and find out that it's more of a leadership issue. They're not getting the development they need. There's a lack of communication, empathetic communication, and all these different things are affecting how 
they see that company, they see that organization, and now they just want to leave all together and go somewhere where they feel safe, wanted, supported, developed, and all that. So I'm having these conversations all the time. So be a leader that runs towards change instead of running from it. Be a leader that embraces change, that brings in people that also have the same mindset and value innovation and thinking outside of the box. If you maintain a mindset of being in the box, that's where you will stay while everybody else is playing on the outside and escalating or excuse me, elevating to new levels. So as always, reflect on this information, find out how you can incorporate it, analyze what you have going on now and just revamp it, update it, make some changes. Take a look at your values and recognize that, hey, my values have kind of, I need to explore this a little bit more or redefine it or or just define it a little further because I've learned more information and I recognize that this is important for my company as well, or this is important for my department as well. Just really start looking at what you have in place right now. Make the adjustments, make the changes, take the action necessary so you can start moving outside of the box and start running towards showing up as a better leader. But again, do the work today to be prepared to be that awesome leader for the future. As always, thank you guys for tuning in today. If you like this message and you want to share this information, make sure you share it with friends or other leaders that you know. Make sure you leave a review. And I thank you guys for tuning in this week and I will catch you guys next week.